if it's written and directed by Joss Whedon, what could I, a humble storytelling geek, do to perfect this movie? What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. We are geeks, and we love geek stories, science fiction, fantasy, and comic books, which is why we want to break geek stories down and discuss how we might make them better. How could the stories that disappoint us, or even the stories we love, be better? That's the question we're discussing today. And we'd love for you to join in the conversation. I'm Daryl, and we want to hear how you would make geek stories better. So make sure you're subscribed on our blog, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or YouTube, and leave us a comment. And remember, we have live shows on most Thursday nights at 7.30 Pacific, so join us for those and be a part of that conversation too. And be sure and click that subscribe button so you don't miss anything that we put out. So thank you for listening, and as a reminder, the Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. That's right. Now today's topic, I think, is a really good one, because it's a make it better and a timely one. A timely one. Because by the time you listen to this, you may have already seen Infinity War. We're not making that better. But we are making better age. Because hopefully Ultron. that won't be possible. Well, hopefully, yeah. We hope we all hope that to be true. Uh, and as, as of the recording of this episode, Daryl and I are seeing it t- in a day. We're seeing it tomorrow, tomorrow. night. Yeah. Tomorrow night we're both seeing it, so we'll be able to give you more opinions. Um, but we are going to try and make Age of Ultron better. So the way that it works is that Daryl and I will each have three ways that we would change the story to make it better. We are not allowed to recast any roles or change the director or the writer. All of our changes will be focused around the story itself. I don't feel like you and I alone can safely make this decision. No, you know what? I think we need help. There's, there's also, we did, a, we did a make it better on Logan. Yeah. I feel like that we had a really good Do guess. we know anybody that knows Marvel really well and loves to talk about this stuff? Uh, let me see. Oh. There's, what? There's someone uh, here. Oh. Who is this? This is Oh, stupid. hey, guys. <laughs> what, are, what are you guys up to? Yeah. Welcome to the show. So, so you've all heard, if you listen to the show, you've heard Justin Weaver before. Justin Weaver is now joining us. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back, guys. Of Thanks course. for coming. Great to have you back. Um, and we're going to try and make Age of Ultron better. We're not just going to try. We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, now, what we are going to do, too, is uh, after each of us, Justin, Daryl, and myself, after each of us um, say what our top three changes are, um, we will do an additional one. That one will go on Patreon only for our patrons. Yep. Um, very grateful for all, all of the patrons that support us. Um, they will get access to a no-holds-barred complete anarchy perspective <laughs> complete anarchy on age of ultron rule breakers <laughs> exactly no rules exactly so just justin will also be joining us for we that we can finally cast tom Selleck as iron man <laughs> <laughs> ever since blue bloods he needs something else to do man hey if it came out in the 80s he would have been a great choice that's true actually higgins would have been a great choice from magnum pi higgins is not a great choice for anything <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so sad we love you higgins um, I know. No, I know he's no longer. Don't. I know he's no longer living, though. That's not fair. Um, oh, Justin, Justin, man. tell us a little bit about yourself. Recover this show for us. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings. My name is Justin. I am married to a beautiful redhead theater teacher named Kim. I work for the Walt Disney Company, and I am a geek. I started with Star Wars and GI Joes. That grew into Lord of the Rings and. The Marvel Cinematic Universe drew me into comic books in a big way. So I will also be seeing Infinity War tomorrow night. Oh, all of all three of us seeing it tomorrow night. And one of our most repeated guests. I think I think this episode puts you in the five timers club. Does it is it really? Do we have a five timers club? We can start one. So you so you were <laughs> on um Guardians of the Galaxy. Serenity. Serenity. Top 10 comic book movies. Top 10 comic book movies. Logan. And this. Justin Weaver. Is that five. the first? This is the first five times. Someone get that man a jacket. <laughs> oh, no. We have to do it right for us. Someone get this man a shield. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I that is, accept. That yes. is super cool, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you. He's the most positive guest of all time. 
I appreciate that. And we Thank have you. lots of positive guests. <laughs> Michael Young is a positive guest. He is. He's how many times has he been on here? Three, four, uh, at least four. Mm. And I think it's partially my positivity that makes these a challenge for me because I just want to say, oh, it was perfect I love the way it these. was. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's written and directed by Joss Whedon, what could I, a humble <laughs> storytelling geek, do to perfect this movie? So. And I'm so the opposite of that. So it's awesome to have you on the show. <laughs> My first thing is like, ah, this thing is garbage. <laughs> no, not really. I'm not that negative. All right. So we should, we should just go ahead and jump into these. We're each going to have three. Um, and I will uh, start with Justin. What is your first thing you would change to make Age of Ultron better? Now, well, actually, before I do that, the show is completely off the rails already. But I want to just make sure what what's your like? What is your take on Age of Ultron? Just briefly, like, what do you give it? Scale of one to ten? Like, what do you think about it? Scale of one to ten, I'd give it somewhere around a six. Mm. I think it does some things right, but a lot of things that it attempts, I don't think it lands the mm. way that it wants to. Okay. I'll flesh that out more in yeah. my examples. I think it is still a very fun movie. Mm. I enjoyed it, rewatching it in preparation for this. Yeah. But I still felt some disappointment. And even just remembering that I haven't pulled this movie out since I purchased it. Yeah was rough for me because I wanted to love this movie and I didn't. Interesting. What, what do you think, Daryl? Yeah, I think I would probably go with six as well, but I have pulled it out several times and watched it again. Hmm. Um, I, the, the progression of the Avengers in yeah. this, I love. I think it's a really great second look at the Avengers as a more cohesive team. Um, Ultron is where things sort of, sort of start to fall apart for me a little bit. Hmm. I have some issues with the approach there, which we'll get to. Um, but there's some stuff in this movie that I love. I love the introduction of the vision. You mean Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, Bucky's not in this one. <laughs> Bucky's not in this one. <laughs> No, I love the introduction of the Vision. That's one of my favorite scenes in the MCU. Uh, I love the relationship between Stark and Banner in this one. I think that's really cool. Hmm. But there's some there's some big old problems that keep it from going higher than a six for me, I think. Yeah. I'm going to go with five because um, there's just something about it where I think that I think that the intro fight scene in this film, it, it was on our best fight scenes podcast. We talked about it on that podcast. Yeah. I still think it's amazing. There's a one shot where they all enter, this, enter a screen from like left to right. Fantastic. But And one of my favorites, will someone please take care of that bunker? Yeah. Uh, Thank yeah. you. That was <laughs> awesome. But despite that, midway through this film, I was like, why am I watching this? I has a podcast on it, but otherwise I wouldn't be watching it again. Really? Yeah, I just was, was not. I, th- I think to it's me. totally still fun to watch. I'm. I mean, if I was comparing it against other superhero films outside yeah. the MCU, yeah, I might rate it a little bit higher. But when you put it up against the rest of the MCU, it's just yeah, it gets stomped on. Well, We're just comparing it to the first Avengers movie, yeah. It's not as or the third event. Avengers movie called Civil War. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, so let's make this movie better then, shall we? Yes. Let's go from a five or a six, and let's make it an eight or a nine. So, so Justin, what is what is your number three thing you do? My number three thing is that I would have not had the story revolve around Tony, mm. and I would have introduced Hank Pym's character. He's the original creator of Ultron in the comics. We have him in the MCU. I don't totally understand the logic of not giving him Ultron and introducing him as a new protagonist that has faults and failings and is very, very responsible for this horrible thing that happened, a.k.a. Ultron. And Ultimately, I feel that Tony's story arc in this movie is so similar to his story arc in Iron Man 3 that I feel like having both of them next to each other 
takes a little bit away from each other. In mm. Iron Man 3, he has the house party protocol that I absolutely love when all of the Iron Man suits that are operated by Jarvis show up and go nuts. Mm. It's a blast to watch. But then he destroys all of them and sort of retires as Iron Man. But we come into Avengers Age of Ultron and he's back. He has the Iron Legion, which looks a lot like the House Party Protocol. And that evolves into Ultron based in pretty much the exact same fear that he was dealing with in Iron Man 3. So I feel like it's a rehashing of Iron Man 3. And some of the story beats, I think, landed better in Iron Man 3. Hmm. And so I just would have approached it differently. I don't know why they didn't involve Hank Pym, and I wish they would have separated these storylines a little bit more or had the storylines of Iron Man 3 have a little more impact heading into Avengers Age of Ultron. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. I know I haven't read a lot of the comics that you're talking about, but so I don't know that what the uh, Hank Pym origin story related to Ultron is, though I've heard a little bit from different sources. Um, but it, you would say that is superior, like having read those comics? It's not that it's superior. It's if I have to find something that I tweak to separate Iron Man 3 from Age of Ultron, I don't know why they said yeah. having Tony Stark be the creator of Ultron is superior to the Hank Pym story. Got it. Other than we know Tony, he we already know that he's conflicted. We can kind of play with that a little bit, but it just feels too similar to Iron Man 3 for me. Totally. That makes a ton of sense. What's your number three? This is going to be a little redundant because mine's very similar to that. I actually, I will say that I think, I don't know, you're, you're kind of swaying me a little bit. Initially, I would have said that I think having Ultron be Tony's creation makes more sense in the MCU than bringing Hank Pym in at that point. But if I think about it, had they brought Hank Pym in at that point, then Ant-Man may have mattered to us even that much more if we would have already met Hank Pym once before. Mm. But so mine was a little bit less specific than yours. Mine was basically bridge Iron Man three into age of Ultron. Cause you're right in Iron Man three, it seems like Tony has reached this point of enlightenment. He's, he's let go of Iron Man for all intents and purposes. He's chosen pepper. He's chosen, his relationship over his alter ego. And then we get to age of Ultron and that's all just completely thrown out and he's right back where he was. Hmm. And that's okay. If we can understand why that is right. So I would have wanted to just see that bridge, like see him not necessarily see the choice all the way through, but understand why he made that choice. Hmm. Maybe even have pepper in age of Ultron and give us a couple of scenes of conflict between the two of them so we can understand how sure. him doing that affects her. And yeah, it's just, it seems to invalidate Iron Man 3 in a pretty big way, which is a bummer because the ending of Iron Man 3 is kind of a huge deal. It's like, it's really bold. It's like, it. I think it's as bold as Winter Soldier was in having a a snake in the grass and shield the whole time. Now, you remind, know? remind me why, why you're saying that. What, what is the, what happens at the end of this? Of Iron Man three. Yeah. 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 He blows up all of his suits and basically decides not to be Iron Man anymore. Oh, sure. Sure. He sure. has the arc reactor removed from his chest. Yeah. Got it. Oh, that's right. That's right. It changes the, it changes everything. It changes his whole dynamic. And yet, but it then they go right back to anything, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Iron Man three was released before this movie. Yes. Yeah. Now Iron told, Man now 3 all, all it all comes together. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Iron Man 3 is like a direct follow-up to the first Avengers film, basically. Yeah. Because he's having like PTSD from what happened in New York. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um mine is so less avant-garde than what you guys have said. <laughs> you guys are going into the comics, going into the full MCU, comparing all those things. I mean every time consistently I'm sitting through this film and every time I started to make notes, it was all, why is this in this movie? 
<laughs> about everything. Well there's, there's so, there, well, there's so much to talk about. This that's like, why is this in this movie? I think he's just trying to do way too much. So it's an overarching mm. theme in this film for me, um, which is why I am so frustrated when they try to include too many characters. We had this discussion yeah. all the time. I like Love individual that. films. Yeah. Now, Civil War does it magnificently. And uh, introduces some really important characters Excellently. Absolutely. And I love the way they handle it. So the Russo brothers in that film handle it perfectly. In this film, I strongly dislike how it's handled. Um, but I'm going to pick one little thing to talk about right now. And that is this movie has incredible fights. I love the fights in this movie. But the Hulkbuster Hulk fight is completely unnecessary and should be removed from this movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite parts. Well, I'm not saying it's not a great part. I'm just saying as a storytelling element, it's so unnecessary. I will say, though, so we talked about this a little bit in the live show earlier. Yeah. It is sort of the only point at which we get to see Hulk being a villain in a way. Yeah, true. And he's under mind control. We were saying, I know you weren't there, Dustin, but earlier tonight we were talking about the Hulk, and I was saying I wish that we would have seen some scenes of the Hulk being a villain. And being something that the Avengers had to fight and gain control of. So, like, in the bracket, I actually voted for Drax over Hulk. Because I feel like we never got to see that angle of Hulk. And this is the only place we get to see it. So, I like it for that. Yeah. But, but yeah, within the narrative of the movie itself, it does seem like a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> it's a yeah. big... I was sitting there, I'm like, it's why the, is this happening? It's the cannabite of <laughs> Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. As much as I hate to say it, that's true. I haven't been here yet for a Star Wars conversation, and so I have opinions about Cannabite. Yeah. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, he is wearing a Darth Vader shirt. Right now. Right now, as he says that comment. And Stormtrooper headphones. We need to have him on for that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, All right, so what's your number two? Daryl, I'll start with you this time. Okay, so my number two... So one of the things that takes me out of this film yeah. is the inclusion of Quicksilver, who they never say his they never say Quicksilver, they just call him Pietro. Oh, which is good because that's his name. But it takes me out of it because you're looking back at a time when Fox was using Quicksilver and Marvel was using Quicksilver. Yeah, at the same time, and I don't know how they came to that agreement, but neither side could fully use the character. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Marvel cannot say that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are the children of Magneto. Right. They can't say that. Therefore, we can't really get their true backstory. Right. But over on the Marvel side, they're not allowed to call him Pietro <laughs> and, and do any of that stuff. They, so they called him Peter, and it's just totally different. So I think... That kind of takes it out for me. Yeah. Just because it, and I think about all that stuff and it's hard to reconcile it in my head. Sure. But I also think Quicksilver is a tremendously pointless character in this movie. Hmm. And I think having his death be the heroic death yeah. was weak. So I would change that by doing two things I would okay. remove him completely mm-hmm. um, so that. We only are have we only have Wanda, okay, working with Ultron and going through that whole journey and, and stuff like that. Her character works. Would, would yeah. you agree? Yeah, yeah her I character would. Works. I would. And I even like Elizabeth Olsen in that role, which a lot of people seem not to, but I think she's good. Really? Yeah. People don't like her in that role. I've heard that a lot. My wife and I were talking about this the other night, and she would recast that role. Really? Yeah. I, th- I think she she's fine. Yeah. I'd, I'd rework the accent, but that's it. The accent is terrible. The accent is bad. It's like Kevin Costner and Robin Hood bad. Like <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> it is very over the top. It feel it feels like something I could have done. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I would eliminate Quicksilver altogether. Okay, but I would still have a heroic death, and my heroic death would be Hawkeye. I would kill off Hawkeye, trying to save Wanda. You know what? It feels Thus like galvanizing Wanda as a hero and giving her something to avenge as an Avenger. Yeah. Because everybody else has Coulson. It's so interesting that you say that because it feels like 
Josh Whedon was actually trying to do that. And somebody said, no, you can't do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Jamie said the same thing. She said the whole movie feels like they're leading up to that. Yeah. Especially if you're familiar with Joss Whedon and the way he treats happiness in his characters. Yeah. His characters don't get to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're happy, they're about to die. <laughs> That's how it always goes. Exactly. Because they spend so much time showing what his normal, peaceful life is like. Yeah. That you, that, that's emotional weight if he dies. Yeah. But we don't get that death. We get the, we get the emotional weight of what? Nothing. We get music. That's what we get. <laughs> That's the emotion. That's the emotion we get is music. <laughs> yeah. So. And feeling bad that you don't feel bad that a character <laughs> just died. Yeah. It's true. I listened true. to the director's commentary in preparation for this, and Joss sold it a little bit more like he was setting you up with all the cliches that Hawkeye would die. Uh. So... He's just got one more project. He's going on that last mission. He's going to do that one last thing to the house. So it couldn't be more obvious that he's going to die. He's safe on the boat, but then he gets off to save the kid. And then he tries to pull the switch that someone else died. And I buy that a little bit. But I I don't want Hawkeye to die because I care about him in that movie. But that would have been far more impactful. That's why he should die. Because you care about him. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that takes him out of all the movies to come thereafter, but if you look at them, it's mostly just Civil War. Yeah. And it wouldn't be that big of a hit. Yeah. To be honest. I that's that's a really good one. I like that. Justin, what do you have? I have that the vision needs to start as a bad guy. Ah. In the comics, Interesting. Okay. he is the son of Ultron. Yeah. Which he is in the movie. But his origins tend to have him be a servant of Ultron for a little while, and then he's swayed by humanity or falls in love or comes to his senses in one way or another. And so I would want him to go on the journey that the twins went on, okay. where they were with the Ultron, being one of his acolytes, being one of his servants, believing that he's doing the right thing and then coming to a moment where they realized what ult- what the vision says, I'm on the side of life, Ultron's not, mm. so I must oppose him. Yeah. But that he would have been a threat. We would have understood how powerful he was and how utterly screwed the Avengers are facing off against Ultron. In preparation for this, I found a deleted scene where Ultron's... I'm sorry, where Vision's creation has a fight scene Mm. that immediately follows it, where he has Cap's shield thrown at him, and he phases, so Cap's shield goes straight through him, and Hulk, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thor hits him with his hammer, and he gets right back up, and it's, even in a very short deleted scene, it emphasizes how all of these Avengers, at their very best, don't stand a chance against the vision. Mm. And I think he needed to be a little more formidable and against them so that when he joins their team, that's a bigger beat. It lands harder. I love that. Your both of your guys number twos are fantastic from a storytelling <laughs> perspective. No, I, I mean, one of the things that was I found really um, fascinating is when we when we did our bracket. So for those of you who, who didn't know, we do a live show every Thursday. We mentioned that earlier. We did an um, MCU bracket battle where basically we took all uh, heroes and villains from the MCU, put them up against one another, and you w- you'll want to see the winner. It's not hard to predict, but you'll want to see it. Go to YouTube. You'll find it easily. But I want to tell a little story about what happened when we went to try and figure out who we should include on the heroes side. Daryl did a fantastic job of going through the different heroes and deciding who he should put on here. But there was a there was a three-way battle between who should make basically the 16th spot. All of we, which are in this movie. All of which are in this movie. Yeah. And Daryl said, well, I've got Falcon, I've got Vision, and I've got Scarlet Witch. And he asked me, who would you put in there? And I said, Vision. 
And then we said, and then I, I said to him, but you know what? Why don't we just throw it out to the Story Geeks? And Facebook I said group. Vision too. You said Vision too. We said, why don't we throw it out to the Story Geeks Facebook group because they might have a different opinion, and we'll let the we'll let the the group decide. Well, the group came away with Falcon, and this is very interesting to me, especially coming off. Was it Tom King who recently did a Vision series? Uh, yes. Now I haven't read that. Have you read that? Not yet. I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. Have you read it, Justin? Have I read what? The, um, Tom King's Tom Run King's, on the Vision. Yeah, Run on the Vision. Comics. Okay. I've heard amazing things about it. I've yeah. heard it's like a really amazing series. And if you know Tom King, that's not a hard thing to predict. No. <laughs> he's so good. He's so good. But the Story Geeks Facebook group fans voted Falcon End. And that was really shocking to me because of if you – now, I'm not a giant comics fan. But if you know the comics at all, Vision is way more important than Falcon is yeah. in the comics. And so I was really shocked by that. But what you just talked about, I'm tying it back now. That's a long story. What you just talked about, <laughs> Justin. Canabite. Yeah, exactly. As it relates to Vision, would have showcased how important he is. Um, and I don't know that we've ever showcased how important Vision is. Because even in Civil War, he's a babysitter. He's a babysitter for Scarlet yeah. Witch. As if Scarlet Witch is more powerful than he is. That's one and of the biggest flaws about Civil War is he was just so grossly misused. And he was a babysitter that failed. <laughs> totally. And you know what? It would not totally. have... Now we're making Civil War better, but yeah. it would not have been hard to fix that. They wouldn't have had to do have him do anymore. All they would have had, I think, all they would have needed to change was have him talk about his fear of catastrophe more. Yeah. Because that's why he doesn't get more involved. Because he knows it's going to turn into something terrible. Well, not only that, but... But he only says it a couple of times. It's like, have him lean on that a little bit more heavily, and you're fine. But as as the character of Vision, based on my understanding of that character, he could have shown up to that battle, to the Cap-Iron Man battle, team battle, and been like, guys, we're stopping this right now. And could have almost put it to a stop. They would have yeah. all had to team up against him just to be able to fight. Yeah, he's kind of the Marvel equivalent of... Superman in this case, or the MCU equivalent of Superman. He can right. really just end anything at any point. Yeah, and, and from a different... They, they, what I think is so interesting about... That's a great comparison. What I find so interesting about the comparison between Superman and Vision is that Superman is an alien who has very human qualities. Mm-hmm. Vision is more of a artificial intelligence, almost, if you'd call it that, who doesn't really understand humans and is trying to make the world a better place despite humans. So it's kind of a fascinating comparison. Well, he was born yesterday. <laughs> well done, sir. Well, my number two is nowhere near as good as your guys' number two. <laughs> That's um, a good setup. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure how to fix it. So, so maybe you guys can help me fix it. This movie gets worse as it goes on. So if you plot this movie out, right, the opening sequence is thrilling. It is one of my top battles of all time. It is fantastic. It's like it's like they spent, you know, let's say that they had eight months to make this film, which they probably had more like, you know, whatever it is, 15 months or whatever, 18 months. If Let's just say they had 18 months then, fine. It feels like they spent 10 of those months going like, what should we start with? <laughs> <laughs> but but even, even as Ultron is created, like Ultron is created in a very fascinating way. Um, I, but as the movie keeps progressing, it keeps getting worse. And in the end, the battles we see in the end are horrible in comparison to the opening battle. Yeah. It's almost like they should have reversed the entire movie. So that's my number two is that just like the, 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 the flow of the film, the flow of the story is really poor. And Jay, I think you said earlier that he tried to do too much. Joss Whedon tried yes. to do too much in this movie. Yes. And I think that's right, that there are the dreams that Scarlet Witch gives everyone. Yeah. And I would have loved that as a movie. Absolutely. And I love the idea of Vision. I love the idea of Ultron. For me, when there's the moment of the flying truck that a couple of the Ultron uh, arm, I don't know, army guys uh, (laughs) are are flying and Scarlet Witch is in the bed of the truck, Vision's in that case, I realized 
both times I watched this in preparation that I don't care about this scene at all. And so I think you're right. It just gets lost. It gets muddled in all the stuff and we don't know what to care about. Yeah. It's like, it's like every setup is compelling on its own, but the resolution, you can't resolve each one to the way that it was set up. You can't do it. And so therefore you just get lost in it. Um, so yeah. So one of my scratched out things that I would have changed <laughs> yeah. that I think is what you're saying is just there's too many subplots. Yeah. And if you choose the dreams that Scarlet Witch is giving all of these guys and just even being able to see what the Hulk was seeing when he went nuts, that would have been fascinating and compelling. And that would have been a movie in and of itself, learning about all these people's worst nightmares and totally. how are they over responding to make sure that these things don't happen and in some cases make them happen anyways. Um, Or the romance between uh, Bruce and Natasha, that was played out for so much of the movie but ended up being very little. And there are just a number of things like that that, or or just even the prep for Hawkeye dying like we were talking about, there are too many subplots that don't really pay off in any meaningful way. So that actually, what you just said... The, you just said you scratched out was actually my number two until we started talking. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. That's, that's a little bit broad, which is probably why you scratched it out. And so I'm like, and as you guys were talking, I'm like, I loved the beginning of this film. And then as it went, it just got worse. It's like, so that's why I changed it. But I, I could not agree more with what you just said. There's just so much packed into this film that you're lost in it. And then nothing, when you pack too much into a story, you have to resolve it all. Problem is, you cannot resolve all these things. It's impossible to resolve all these things. So that's that's great. That's a good good clarification on that. So before we jump into uh, our third things, because we all have our number one still to discuss, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the other stuff we got going on. We've already mentioned several times the live show that we do. We do a live show most Thursdays. Every once in a while, we do a live show on a different day. We did a live show on Saturday last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just because. Just because we thought it would be fun to do. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, the good news is we have over 100 subscribers on YouTube right now, which is amazing, which also means you can go youtube.com slash thestorygeeks and get there very easily. So make sure you subscribe over there. We're also doing a lot of stuff. So one of the ways to support creators is by going through Patreon. So the way that the Reclamation Society works as a nonprofit, you can support us and donate to us. Um, But you can also do Patreon. And Patreon is a little different because um, unlike with uh, donating, um, donating, you give us your money. We are super appreciative for that. um, And you get a tax deductible benefit for doing that. But with Patreon, you you don't get the tax deduction but you do get access to more content. So we produce more content. We're going to do, um, at the end of this show, for example, we're going to do uh, our fourth thing that we would do to, to change the movie to make it better. And that you can listen to that if you're, a, if you're a patron. So head on over to Patreon and search for The Story Geeks. I believe you can just type in patreon.com slash thestorygeeks. But just in case you don't find us there, um, search for The Story Geeks. You can find... Uh, additional content on The Last Jedi. Last week we had Kate Asara on. She's a professional costumer. Um, we talked about costumes in both the MCU and the DCEU. So don't want to miss out on that content. I don't think we love that content and we're super appreciative for those of you who have uh, become a patron to to uh, check out that content. That has been great. We've got a lot of Infinity War content coming up. Solo's coming out, so we've got a lot of Star Wars content coming out. We're going to have to have Justin back on for that, by the way. I guess you can you can go over to find us on Instagram right now and learn oh, yeah. about our top 10 spaceships Absolutely. from Geek Culture. Yeah, check us out, Instagram.com slash the story geeks. The first thing you can always try if you're trying to find us is just type in whatever the place <laughs> you're at, type, slash the story the geeks, story geeks. <laughs> and you'll probably find us there. And we've also mentioned our Facebook group a couple times. You can join us in the Facebook group. Search Facebook for the Story Geeks. We'll come up. All right. Let's get into the the number one thing we would change to make this film better. I'm going to start with Justin on this one. All right. I am just going to leave it at Ultron needs to be scarier. Mm. (laughs) Ultron needs to feel unbeatable. Mm. And I don't 
think that this movie ever accomplishes that. Mm. He is a little mysterious. We're not 100% sure where he is, but I always felt like the Avengers could hold their own against him throughout the entire movie. He was never a foe that I was truly afraid would defeat them. The same way that I was afraid when the Winter Soldier steps on the screen in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I never felt that kind of dread that I felt when I saw Bucky Barnes. People are going to die. Ultron, people might die, but the Avengers will get... They'll take care of it. In the comics, in the cartoons that I've watched with Ultron, he is fundamentally unbeatable. Mm. And he is beat by flukes. My favorite storyline that I've read is he shuts himself down (laughs) because someone proposes the logical question of, hey, if you think humans are so flawed and your whole being is based on the personality and mentality of Hank Pym, who is a human, how can you be sure that you are above reproach? How can you be sure Mm. you are not flawed as well because you are from a human being? And he shuts himself down because he isn't convinced that he can be above reproach. And that's the only way you can beat him. And he always comes back. He's never defeated in the comics. He came back most recently in the unbeatable Squirrel Girl (laughs) as a (laughs) T-Rex. It was awesome. But I never felt a sense of dread with Ultron. He needed to be a more formidable foe, and I'm hoping that's what Thanos will be. Yeah. But Ultron could have been elements of that. We discussed a little bit, not here, in the movie, it was discussed that he was trying to gain access to the nuclear codes, and that's fine if they didn't want to go that direction. But he could have been shutting down power grids, making planes fall out of the sky, making nuclear reactors shut down. Because if he's in the internet and he's everywhere, he could have caused such chaos. He could have gotten inside Iron Man's suit. But there was never that sense of he's everywhere. We can't beat him. Yeah. That's fantastic. What is yours, Daryl? I almost have nothing to add to that because it's, it's pretty much <laughs> mine as well. I mean, I worded it differently. I worded it as better motivation and tactics for Ultron. But it's the same basic thing. I mean, I agree. He's not scary enough. He's not unbeatable enough. I think his choice of what he's going to do is kind of stupid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> creating an asteroid to drop on the Earth so he kills everybody. I'm like, that's kind of lame. And I'm like... It's just, it makes him a slave to Tony. Like, it's the whole peace in our time thing. And it's like, well, you're not scary if you can't go beyond that. And he says, who are are people if they're not allowed to evolve? But he doesn't evolve. Like, he's stuck in his whole original reason for existing. Hmm. So, yeah, he's... It's just misused. Yeah. Because Justin's right. In the comics, he's frightening. Right. And he is unbeatable. And you can never attack him the same way twice because he learns from every single attack. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's impossible to stop him. I have the, basically the same thing. And Justin said it, like you said, Justin said it better than I said it. But what's fascinating about this conversation is that we all can imagine an Ultron that is awesome. But this Ultron is not that. Yeah. Now, if I told you, stop the film 40 minutes in and tell me if he still has potential, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, he, it degrades the longer it goes. Exactly. It gets worse. Because it was, when he takes over Jarvis, you're like, holy shit, this dude is up to something, <laughs> right? It's like, and, and, and that's the first step. Now, the second step could, is going to be even worse. And the third step is going to be even worse. And the fourth step. And then... If we, if we understood, because you used a, a word that I was going to use, if we understood his motivation. Yeah. His motivation is very unclear. It's kind of like, I think that humans are going to be uh, hurt the world, therefore I'm going to kill all humans. 
it's like, but wait a minute. Like, do you think that humans are inherently bad or so that you should take over bad humans or just every single human being is bad? Like it's very, there's no complexity to it. It's, it's, it's a trope of AI that we've seen in a million other ways. And, and, And by the way, it's a trope that has been done better in other movies. Yeah. Because like the the AI that takes over in the Matrix universe isn't trying to eradicate humans. It needs humans for energy. It has a good motivation to keep itself alive by mm-hmm. using human energy. So there's other ways that we've seen these um, uh, entities function. This is not one of those ways. The motivation is completely off, and that means that as as it progresses now, if Black Panther had come out. Prior to this film, I might have had a better feel for Vibranium and how powerful Vibranium was. I did not get a sense that Vibranium was all that great. didn't seem that great. It seemed like he's made out of Vibranium. Well, then why does everyone keep completely destroying his body throughout the course of the movie? Yeah. Right? Like, so... They, they they subvert their own narratives <laughs> throughout the course of the film. Well, and, uh, yeah, and they commit like the cardinal sin of a big bad villain, which is at some point once they reach the third act for no reason. Yeah, they're able to fight the villain better. <laughs> like so the one of the worst cases I've ever seen of that is in Justice League <laughs> with Steppenwolf. Like yeah. Steppenwolf is so powerful throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yet. At the end, when the Justice League are fighting him, suddenly their punches are stronger, and he's weaker, and he's more susceptible, and yeah. there's no reason for it. It's, it's just like, oh, like, crap, we have to end our story. Yeah, it's like, uh, our spirit won out over your spirit, Yeah, you're not that exciting. <laughs> right. So let me ask you guys this question, um, because I think that Justin kind of just kind of put the ball on the tee, and it's just like, how do we hit this ball? Do you, do you think that any one of the Avengers could have defeated Ultron alone. This version of Ultron, I think Thor ultimately, or I'll just step back. I think Vision could have defeated him alone. Yeah. Yeah, and because when you started indicating like, yeah, he doesn't seem that intimidating, that's what started running through my head. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's multiple of them that could have taken him on by themselves. Why do we even need a whole bunch of people? What Now, what... I think that Joss Whedon probably got a feel for that as he was making the film and went, we better get a lot more robots in this film, (laughs) right? (laughs) But I think the interesting thing, too, there is that we've seen, like, even even in Man of Steel, the ending of Man of Steel has a lot of problems associated with it, and it could be done better. But even in that film, they do have a methodology for Superman being really worried, and that's other people dying. Now, the fact that he's not that worried about that is a problem in that film. That could have been better utilized in this film as well. It was not really utilized. It's like, we got to save the people of, of Sokovia, kind of. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. It just didn't work. Yeah. So it's interesting. We all picked the same thing for our top. And I feel like when you think about video games, the climax of this movie was almost two different things. I was more worried Mm. that civilians would get harmed by the drones of Ultron than I was that the Avengers wouldn't be able to beat the big boss. Uh. So I was more stressed out about the protect mission in a video game than I was about the big boss. Yeah. Well, and this is... This is where the death doesn't come off very well, right? Because if, if we were concerned about, if we were more concerned about the minor characters, because there's no indication that Hawkeye couldn't take, he's taking out multiple of the robots. Who ultimately equal Ultron. Right. It just doesn't make any sense because if, if well, Hawkeye in- was struggling with them. But there, are they all made out of vibranium too? No. It's just him. So it should be his intellect, but not necessarily all of his physical power. Right. Yeah. And you would think, you would assume, even based on how uh, Quicksilver is able to throw the Avengers off in the beginning of the film, because he'll just zip past, and like he he really messes with Hawkeye. But Hawkeye is just like taking out robot after robot, just one by one. And there's no sense that there's any danger. But if, if there had been a greater sense of danger and the team had been forced to protect the non-supers, if you will, 
and then one of the non-supers dies, now you've upped the ante again, right? You've you've worked towards a climax that is far more interesting than the climax that we get. So going and combining a couple things, if Hawkeye had been killed at the end of the first or second act and that had sent him sent everyone to his farm and they would have been licking their wounds from losing one of their own, yeah. that would have been so much more compelling than just the problem is that we didn't beat Ultron right now, and the Hulk went a little crazy, and that's what we're upset about. And that doesn't <laughs> land the same way mm. as Hawkeye's dead. What do we do? Yep. We can't beat him. What do we do? Yep. And, and and that's a fantastic way to do it is to kill Hawkeye earlier. Um, one of the things that really bugged me on the second watch was how much emotional weight they were trying to put into the middle of the film. Right, they're trying to they're trying to build this relationship between Bruce Banner and Romanoff. Mm-hmm. They're trying to showcase that Hawkeye has a family. Everyone's like, "Wow, you have a family!" I mean, like they're trying to they're trying to hit you over the head with all of these emotional beats. None of which they capitalize because the one person who you're not emotional about is the one that dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it just is so bizarre. Um, now, now I get, I get what. Whedon is saying in the director commentary that he's trying to subvert expectations. But if we're going to talk about subverting expectations, despite the fact that I don't think that The Last Jedi is a perfect film, that film does subverts expectations in a really powerful way. Yeah. This one doesn't. (laughs) Anyways, any other thoughts on maybe last minute thoughts before we dive into the Patreon stuff? We've been working to make it better, and I just have to reemphasize what made me give it a six in the first place. I laughed in this movie. Mm. I love the action sequences. I love the actors. I truly enjoy this movie and the world it exists in. It just made me sad it didn't hit Mm. as much as I wanted it to. That's fair. That's fair. Any final thoughts, Daryl? No. No, I mean, I, well, I guess, I guess just, you know, one of the, one of the dangers of all of these make it betters is, especially when we do one on a good movie is making everybody think that it's a piece of crap. <laughs> this movie is not a piece of crap. This movie is really fun. I, th- I think this is a good superhero movie, but I, it's, just, I, it's a far from perfect. I think it's mediocre at best. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm by far the most critical. Of yeah. It. But I also think that in this room, I'm the least, the, 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 um, not the biggest Marvel fan. I'm the I'm the lowest Marvel fan. Least Marvel fan. I don't know. What, I don't know how to say that. Um, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, Jay hates Marvel. I think that's what he's getting at. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate Marvel. I just I just think that that this movie doesn't work, and it's in the Marvel universe, and I'm not going to make excuses because it's in the Marvel Universe. And I'm just going to say it is what it is. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has set some really excellent bars, some really high bars. And so when we're going to say we're going to spend all the money, we're going to bring all the guys in, we're going to make this tentpole movie, it didn't live up to Captain America Civil War. It didn't live up to Captain America Winter Soldier. It didn't live up to Guardians of the Galaxy. It didn't live up to Thor Ragnarok. It didn't live up to Black Panther. Right. You know, And if we're making it that big movie, it didn't live up to the first Avengers. So it's still a fun movie. It's yeah. still a good movie. But it just isn't what it could have been and what I would say what it should have been. But it beat the ever-living crap out of Green Lantern, <laughs> Daredevil, did. Elektra, Absolutely. Ghost Rider... The yeah. entire Sam Raimi Spider-Man uh, series. That's Ghost right. Rider, I said it. I um, Ooh, San- the Amazing Spider-Man 2. It beat the crap out of that. I, I would equate this with Amazing Spider-Man Batman 2 and Robin. Me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that even... A, that? That's another Shia LaBeouf produced movie. <laughs> that and... Indiana Shia Jones LaBeouf Kingdom. produced everything that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, I like Shia LaBeouf. I know I just I just do say that to make you laugh because <laughs> I like, kind of like him. Yeah, no, that's that's that is an appropriate opinion for me. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I will I blame say this. him for everything. I will say this: um, as I was watching the film, and I have this experience with with many films. I'm watching the film and I go, "That's a really interesting, deep point," and I would like to discuss that further. Which is why we do dig deeper podcasts because yeah. so many movies actually they they swing the bat. 
and they just whiff. But what they were trying to swing and to hit was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. So the fact that they could take vision and he and he says, I am, that is a clear indication of what the Bible says about God. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Um, one of Vision's last lines is that people in general, but also everything, isn't beautiful because it lasts. Yes. And he just leaves it there. And I'd love to talk about that. Totally. So I do want to talk about this film in more depth because I think that, that one of the things I would, one of the credits that I would give Josh Whedon is that he adds some elements that are very compelling. The problem is, is that we are just left with those elements and nothing to actually resolve with them. But I would, I, 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 we're going to, one of the next episodes we're going to do because Infinity War is coming out is we're actually, after Infinity War comes out, the next podcast we do is going to be a dig deeper into the trilogy. Into the entire Avengers trilogy. The, in, the entire Avengers trilogy. We'll have to see if Civil War makes it into that trilogy. No, it doesn't. Quad, that's part of the Captain America. Yeah, we have, we have to, we got to put some barriers on this. Yeah, it's true. So in my mind, we do the three Avengers films. It's true. But, we, but one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to that is because we'll get to talk about some of these things that come up in these films, even even films like this one that I would say is not a great film, that are deep and worthy of discussion. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I will say that. All right. That was a fantastic discussion. Um, Justin added a bunch to it, so thank you for being our guest today, Justin. That was fantastic. Thank you for having me. I love being here. Yeah. Five-timer. Five times. So that's awesome. The first five-time guest. I was. Th- is that true? I was trying to figure out if that was true. I think it has to be. Oh, it has. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I, well, let's put it this way: we've had Michael Young has been another repeat guest that we've had yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, sh- now, if you took Network 1901 as an entire whole, as one entity, yeah, then, then yes, they would they would probably have been in the five timer. But Shannon has been on, I think, two or three. Dale has been on two, I believe. Uh, Josh has been on several. Now he's working his way quickly because of the Gold Blooming series. But that's not that's it's that's a, a side series. It's a side series to match their podcast. Yes. So it's not quite the same thing. Um, so I believe you're the first one. Now Michael Young, we need to have him back on. He's going to be the next one. He'd be the next one. Yeah, exactly. I got to stay ahead of this Michael Young. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are two of the most positive guests that we have. It'd be fun to have you guys on at the same time. Yeah, that would be fun to have them on at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so. Please leave us an iTunes review if you're listening to us now. Um, I haven't read an iTunes review in a while. I'm going to get back into that. I have not chosen one to read today, so I'm not going to do that. But please leave us an iTunes review. If you're not a patron but you're wondering how you can support the show, please do that. If you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'd really like to hear this extra content, awesome. We'd love for you to become a patron. Go do it. Yeah. that Three bucks a month, um, less than a gallon of gas. And in California, well, I say that. And I'm saying that in a very California way. So I apologize. In California, gas <laughs> has skyrocketed because we actually have more taxes on our gas. It is completely ridiculous. I'm glad I drive a Prius. But all that aside, in California, uh, it's less than a gallon of gas um, for you to subscribe on Patreon. So it doesn't take much. Um, also, please share the show uh, if you don't mind. Share on social media. I think that's it, right? Anything else I can do? Well, you can say that, as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always see the truth. 